couple members of the Randy Newman fandom discussing one of his songs at random, followed by another that's a cover. It's Wheel of Randy. Hey, it's Wheel of Randy, everybody's favorite Randy Newman podcast. Wheel of Randy is part of the Good Trash Media Network. A couple of notes before the show today. My guest and I are going to be discussing several songs. Feel free to pause and listen to each song before we talk about it. If you go to our Twitter page, at Wheel of Randy, you'll find links to all the songs that we're discussing today. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. Stay tuned after this episode for a message from those fine folks. Let's start the show. It's Wheel of Randy. My guest today is an educator, an advocate, a, how would you describe yourself? Popular culture? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I don't know, kind of a kind of a magpie, I guess. Oh, yes. Shiny, shiny things kept my attention. There you go. Uh, please welcome to Wheel of Randy, Michael Ross. Hey, thank you so much, Dan. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know, Michael, we've we've known each other for a few years. You're you're one of those those delightful uh, exceptions to 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 the rule that that. Uh, that a, a Twitter relationship can can turn into something meaningful in real life. Oh uh, man, thank you. So uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, um, My, Michael. I, I know uh, a little bit about you and 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 your current pursuits, but but uh, you might tell tell the public what what you're up to these days. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see. As, as you mentioned, uh, my my day job is uh, I'm a I'm a school teacher. Um, I've wrapped up my gosh, this is I think my 16th year in the classroom, and uh, and in the meantime, I'm uh, I'm a, a bit of a rabble rouser these days, and running for uh, running for office and running for state house of representatives in district 68 which is the uh, the west side of uh, the tulsa metro it's uh, west tulsa and a big chunk of jenks and some of glenpool so uh, that's been keeping me busy and uh, given that uh, we we live in unusual times uh, you know i've also kind of had to had to become an ad hoc uh production studio here learning how to do like live streaming and stuff and uh you know just uh i've I've got got my my fingers in a whole lot of pies and uh and in the meantime uh you know in the meantime uh constantly trying to feed feed my brain and uh and what better way to do that than with uh than with some good music there you go um, I've got to ask, what's it like campaigning in the middle of a quarantine? <laughs> um, it's weird. And because the, like, the, the deal is almost like, as weird as teaching school in the middle of a quarantine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, the, the thing is that I have tried to be very, very careful about 
observing um, observing best practices for uh, limiting exposure to uh, to COVID. Um, you know, everything from when I do venture out of the house, I'm, I'm very careful about making sure I've got my, my masks and gloves and things like that. And um, one of the things that I've had to be really conscientious of is that this means that um, it's, it's a bad idea for me to, to go do the traditional walk and knock because that's a really easy way to turn me into a vector for spreading disease. And, uh, you know, on a, on a personal level, I, I don't want to bring that home to my family and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to risk um, being a vector to folks in, in my neighborhood or in, in the district. So um, I've had to get creative and that means doing outreach through, um, as many, as many channels as I can, whether it's, uh, you know, the, the, you know, social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, I actually just fired up a, a Pinterest and a LinkedIn as well. So, um, we'll try to make sure, oh, let me tell you, it's nothing more thrilling than, uh, than making sure that you have presence on like my dad's one social media platform. Um, <laughs> So there's, there's that. And then, uh, you know, trying to come up with creative ways to reach people. Um, like I said, I've, I've kind of started doing, I do a weekly, uh, a weekly live stream, uh, campaign update. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of created a, a do it yourself production studio here at the house to, to try to create media to get out to people. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that it, it, it's one of those things where you just have to be tenacious and creative and, uh, you know, hope that, hope that it's moving the needle. You know, the other thing is that I don't have a primary and so there's not a lot of interest in this race yet because there, there are other bigger things happening immediately. So, um, We'll and see. If I recall, two two years ago, you had not only a primary but a runoff. Oh my gosh, Dan! I, I had your, your spring and summer. <laughs> yeah, well, that was you know we had two years ago. Um, we had the largest field for any any of the the legislative races in the state because we had nine people file. Uh, to, to run for the seat. So I had a, you know, I had a three-way primary that turned into a two-way runoff. And then uh, by the time you got to November, there were still, uh, there were still four choices on the ballot. So it was, it was pretty wild. Um, it's nice not having a primary, but uh, at the same time, sometimes it feels like you're yelling into a void because it's, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a back burner race until July 1st. So, right. yeah. Um, in addition to, to your, your political activities and to your, your, uh, your, your education, uh, both as an advocate for educators as, and as an educator, you know, in the field, uh, 
your, your social media is, is, is always a treat. It, it's always well thought out, but opinionated and, and, and you don't pull punches about things. How do you strike that balance? I'm someone who, who toyed with the idea of, of running for office and I finally ended up deciding against it. But at the same time, I, I fly off the handle a lot on social media and I didn't want to, to give a lot of ammunition out there to, to someone who, if they decided to go negative, how do you, how do you stay opinionated and still diplomatic when you're in the limelight <laughs> like you are? Um, you know, that's a good question. And I think that for me, um, <laughs> let's just say I hit delete a lot before I hit send. Um, <laughs> I, I, I go through many drafts on some things. Um, you know, I mean, for me, it's a matter of, it's, it's just a matter of asking myself, am I being authentic to who I am? And, you know, if, if I spend my time worried about, oh, is this ammunition for, for something? It, you know, I mean, I have trained myself that, you know, diplomacy is, is important when you work in a field like education because, you know, the, 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 the magnifying glass is on you. So I, I do have to say, okay, is this the best representation of, who I am as a professional, but beyond that, I, I just, you know, I just kind of try to say, okay, is this, am I being authentic? Am I being real with people? And at the same time, am I making sure that I don't yell and scream at folks? You know, it's, it's, it's just kind of one of those things. If I get in there and start hectoring on stuff, then, you know, it may feel good to hit send on something that, that has a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of fire behind it. But I mean, if, if it, if it's something that, if it's something that, that pushes more people away than, than not, I, 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 you know, Dan, this is a whole lot of me saying stuff without actually answering the question. And the the real answer is, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I just try to be authentic and try to be, you know, try to be real with folks. Um, You know, I tried being super diplomatic for a long time and at, at a certain point I said, is this, you know, is this true to who I am? Um, and when I realized, it's like, look, I can be, I, I can have a point of view. I can have, I can have a perspective. And sometimes I, you know, sometimes I can, I can have a little bit of fire, but, you know, at the same time, I don't ever want to be, I don't ever want to be, you know, the, the, I, I don't ever want to be the guy screaming on the street corner that that people try not to make eye contact with. <laughs> <laughs>
No, that's that said. I mean, you want to see me. You want to see me really fly off the handle, catch me when I'm fired up about, you know, when I'm fired up about comic books or something. Um, you know, I, I love my X-Men dearly. So <laughs> I, I, I always thought if your opponent really wanted to, to, to sock it to you, they, they, they'd troll you on X-Men. Oh, man, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Come in and tell me that Wolverine, uh, that X Men Origins Wolverine's the best X Men film. Yep that 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 ought to do the trick. <laughs> One last question before we get to music. Yes. Tell me about the bow tie. It seems I like wearing like I like wearing bow ties. Public appearances, you're in a bow tie. Where, yeah. where does that come from? So um, it came from a couple of things. One is um, one is that I, I I like them. I think I think that they I think that they're they they look good. And um, I I learned to tie one on a whim. I, I said, you know, that's that's a cool thing that I I would like to know how to do. And when I realized, hey, this is actually pretty easy. Um, I uh, I said, well, maybe maybe I maybe I can wear these, and you know, um, so that that was part of it. Part of it was, um, you know, it it kind of set me apart a little bit. I realized that it looks kind of like an affectation, and maybe it is, but uh, but it's not like it's a fedora or something. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, <laughs> it's but the, and then the other thing, and this is the honest to goodness truth. The other thing is, um, so uh, I can be painfully self conscious about uh, about things sometimes that other people would probably sit there and go, "That's the dumbest thing to worry about." And one of those things, one of those things is. Um, so I have hangups about eating in public, which is weird. Like I, if I, it's one thing if I'm with, uh, with friends or with family and getting a sandwich or something, but when you wind up having to go to like public functions and stuff, you sit there and go, oh my gosh, am I, you know, am I, am I making a, a fool of myself? Am I making a mess? Um, that's kind of amplified by the fact that um, I have a piece of cartilage in my jaw that pops when I chew. So I become really, really self-conscious about that. And one of those thoughts um, that starts ricocheting around in my brain is, oh my God, if I'm wearing a tie, is it getting in my food? <laughs> Am I well, now that's all I'm going to think about. <laughs> well, Dan, I'll tell you, to, to be very, very blunt um i have a i have an ocd diagnosis mm. and what might be a fleeting thought in somebody's head becomes an obsessive thought for me where i'm sitting here going oh my god do i have food on my tie do i have food on my tie and and the bow tie was kind of like it was like hey this this doesn't this you know this doesn't dip down into into anything it's it's nice and neat and that's one less thing to worry about. All right. <laughs> well, let's talk a little music. Yes, please. 
first of all, so people get a, get a feel for where you're coming from, a couple of general music questions. What is a record that you love that most people have already heard of? Just a familiar all, record to people. Already heard of. Um, well, uh, okay, let's go with the one that I think I, I love, um, Asia by Steely Dan. Um, you know, just, I grew up, I was born in 80, grew up with uh, Magic 104 as kind of the household soundtrack. Um, my parents love kind of the, the light FM sound, um, you know, Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, Doobie Brothers, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And uh, Asia is one of those albums that as a kid, you know, half of those songs were released as singles and they were staples of kind of soft rock radio stations. And so they just were in the air. And then as I got older and became a, a, a very insufferable music nerd, um, that was one that when I went back to it, I actually dissed Steely Dan in high school um, because I was trying to be too cool for school. And uh, a guy that uh, a, a drummer I knew uh, said something about them and I blew him off. And I was like, Steely Dan, that's, you know, jazz nerds trying to play rock. And he looked at me and goes, that's the point. <laughs> and, and so um, when I finally came around and was like, Oh, Hey, um, I like jazz and I like nerd stuff. And I like all this stuff. Why don't I like this? That was an album that I, I, even today, I could put that on and just play it back to front. You know, it's one of those ones that's just canon for me. That or Fleetwood Mac's Rumors is another one. Um, I tell everybody I like Tusk better, but Rumors is probably the one I'd reach for first. Um, okay, now we're getting real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, I, I love looking at, I, I love on day random days where it seems like everybody in everybody in my Twitter feed is, is on a rumors kick. And it's just like, yeah, you know, um, it's amazing but, how Fleetwood map kind of comes in waves. I remember in 92, you know, with the Democrat convention, there was oh, a yeah. huge Fleetwood Mac resurgence. Um, and I remember KRXO played uh, their greatest hits as a, uh, as their midnight album one night. And oh God, I loved midnight albums on Carrick. So that was, that was really something special. And I, I remember just s- sitting in my dorm room going, Oh, I know every one of these songs. Right. I haven't heard them in five years, but uh, so, and, and, and it seems like a lot of people have been coming back to, as, to rumors, especially in the past few years. It's funny how things kind of ebb and flow with Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely are one of those acts that because they're so ubiquitous, because you really, like, you cannot escape. You cannot escape them, you know? you I, I dare you to find anybody who would not recognize, um, you know, that opening keyboard riff from You Make Love and Fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, that's just one of those things that it's just part of our cultural DNA. 
and um, you know, going back to to my obsessive brain in ninety was it ninety seven when the the dance uh, came out where. I think I think that's it. Where you had the the reunion. Oh yeah, and the, they got the USC band together. God, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man, I love that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I played uh, I played guitar for um, the show choir and and vocal jazz group in my high school, and I, I like I think I I saw. I think I saw that performance on MTV and I kind of became obsessive about Lindsey Buckingham because I was like, this dude is playing finger style and he's doing all this bonkers stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, it just, just kind of add fuel to the fire there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I I dare you to find somebody who for whom that's not somewhere in the mix for them. Mm. And you know, I'm gonna stop us here on the Mac before I start going real deep on uh, Stevie Nicks' Fajita Roundup. But uh, God, did did you see where I think it was uh, the Ringer did a oral history of that sketch? No. Are you are you familiar with this? No, I'm not. Okay, I'm going to have to send you the link. Um, when Lucy Lawless hosted Saturday Night Live in the late 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, I think it was like 98 or 99, um, they did this just bizarre sketch where she played Stevie Nicks doing a commercial for a Tex-Mex restaurant called Stevie Nicks Fajita Roundup. <laughs> and... She first of all, Lucy Lawless does a darn good Stevie Nicks, and it's it 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 just was one of the most insane things I've ever seen, and I love it so much. And it's nowhere on the internet except I think it's on Daily Motion. Huh. Like you can't find it on YouTube. You can't find it on NBC. It's you have to want to see it, <laughs> and. Oh my God, it's funny. And what's the line? In the 1970s, I gave my life to Lindsay Buckingham and witchcraft and cocaine. I mean, it's just... (laughs) And she sings these songs about her menu, like the the daily special is Burrito Dreams. (laughs) You know? (laughs) She sings a version of Landslide about seeing your face in a plate of nachos. I mean, it's anyway. Yeah, um, I'll send you the link. It's pretty great. And we'll we'll put that link up on uh, on our Twitter feed once this comes out. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Next question, more of a deeper cut. Who's a musical group that you love that you wish more people knew about? Ooh. Um, so uh, this is one I need to be careful about because um, my friends know that when you ask me questions like this, if I really love something, I'm going to like go on about it for hours. Um, so uh, uh, well, I mean, like I, I would say, um, you know, folks who know me know that my, 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 very favorite band is is the Hold Steady, 
Um, I feel like they're not like they're not super obscure. They've you know done Letterman. Uh, uh, I'm not familiar. You know, they, I think I think you'd like them. I'll I'll send you some stuff. Um, the best way to describe them is um, it's like the best '70s classic rock band you've ever heard being fronted by the most irate English professor you can imagine in the <laughs> best way, like just like telling you these outrageous stories about these sketchy characters and um, uh, Craig Finn, their, their lead singer and uh, lyricist uh, has this just gift for detail. And um, I think there was something that I, I, uh, I read somewhere once where they, they said that the only albums you will find that have more lyrics in them than a hold steady record are like hip hop albums because it's just so stuffed with detail and narrative and um, references to stuff. And it's, it's for someone whose brain works like mine does, it's, it's a, a gift. And then on top of that, you have these just incredible guitar riffs and these great, you know, like gang choruses with lots of whoa, whoa, whoa's and stuff. And it's just fantastic. Um, the, the album I would tell people to go get is uh, boys and girls in America. Um, the lead cut is like the best thing Springsteen never recorded mm-hmm. um, song called stuck between stations. And uh, yeah, great, great rock and roll band. Um, you know, highly recommend them. Um, and then, like I said, the lead singer is a guy named Craig Finn, who is maybe my favorite songwriter working today. I mean, he just has this great gift for narrative and for empathy with characters and his solo albums are really, really good. Um, his, uh, his most recent record was one called, uh, I need a new war. And, um, I listen to it a lot, a lot. Um, Another one that um, I would tell you guys, I would tell listeners, go check these guys out. They're really, really good, really cool, um, is a, a band called The Grifters, who uh, were out of Memphis back in the 90s. And um, some of their stuff is a little bit tougher to find. But um, now, did you say The Grifters with a G? Yes. Okay. Yes. But they, they did an, an EP that. I mean, just, just blew my mind. Um, what's the name of it? Uh, um, oh, uh, Eureka. It's called the Eureka EP. And um, I've got the 10 inch. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere right now, but it's one that is just super cool. And if you like like 90s indie check it out bands the grifters the the record i'm recommending is uh is the uh, the eureka ep um well worth the listen if you like like pavement or guided by voices or um yeah any any stuff like that that's really good um i should probably pump the brakes because i'm now seeing you're going oh but i i haven't mentioned the seymour's if if it makes you feel better, n- none of my guests yet have have given me a single 
artists when I've asked that question. Everyone well, says, oh, here's four or five, so don't worry. That's, that's what that. happens when you get music guys talking, you know. We like we like sharing the stuff we like, you know, and I, yeah. I think that's um, – the regrets get the regrets it's a it's a, a a girl rock group that's just fantastic my daughter loves them yeah all right switching gears what's a movie soundtrack you enjoy oh um that's a good question um i mean there's a, a chunk of like I, I I came of age in the the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, which were kind of like a golden age for movie soundtracks. There's really good stuff that um, that was coming out around that time. Um, you know, uh, stuff like the Gross Point Blank soundtrack is really really good. Um, I love that Joe Strummer produced like executive produced that, and so there's like great like clash stuff in there and uh great kind of 80s college rock stuff um uh so that that's a really good one um the uh the the high fidelity soundtrack is really good um yeah. if you like you know that i think that was the one that got me onto the 13th floor elevators because that that movie starts with uh you're gonna miss me when i'm gone and that's that's such a cool garage rock track um, you know, uh, for as, for as kind of dicey as the movie is, the, the soundtrack for, uh, Empire Records is a really, really fun artifact from, from that era of, uh, mm. of alternative rock. I mean, you know, you've got like the Gin Blossoms and you've got Edwin Collins from, from the Scottish band Orange Juice had kind of a fluke hit that was on that soundtrack, um, which led me to go check out orange juice. Um, what, what else? Um, uh, the Saturday night fever soundtrack is one that we had in my house because my parents had it. And, um, again, growing up in a house where I was the older sibling, um, I'm from Choctaw and not Choctaw the way it is today. Choctaw back in the day when it was still kind of a sleepy, kind of barely suburb. I grew up across the street from a cow pasture and so I, and I'm the older sibling. So I didn't have like a cool brother or sister passing records down to me. My parents, God bless them, were not like the hippest. Um, so I grew up on a lot of like soft rock stuff and I never knew disco wasn't cool. So I loved the Saturday night fever soundtrack and I still do love the Bee Gees. Um, so that's, that's a soundtrack that was, that was a really big deal to me. Um, oh, um, God, I mean, I, I feel like there's something on the tip of my tongue that I should be able to just add. One that I like a lot that uh, that kind of gets slept on is the Kids in the Hall Brain Candy is really, really good. Um, you know, it's mostly like Matador Records bands, and uh, and it's all it's all good stuff, you know. Guided by Voices, Liz Fair, Matthew Sweet is in there. Um yeah, my friend Libby Kedmore co-hosts a podcast 
called the OST Party. And each week they do a deep dive on soundtracks. And that, that's all they do is just soundtracks. And they've, they've pulled out some really, really interesting choices. Um, Libby is my friend who is the most diehard fan of Cool World you'll ever find. Okay, okay. And they did it, like, they did a deep dive into the Cool World soundtrack. And it was kind of one of those things where I was like, wow, this is something I really had written off. And it's actually... Like there's actually some cool stuff in there. There's, you know, there's some Bowie in there and stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, if, if folks have a hankering to find some soundtracks to check out, that's a good one. That's, that's one thing I, I love about sound, soundtracks is, is it's, it's a, a good way to, to, to introduce people people to things they haven't heard before. Uh, it's almost like, um, you know, how in the nineties, all the Volkswagen commercials were, were were putting out some really good music, and and oh, yeah. everyone was like, "What is this? Oh, this Nick is Nick Drake, Pink, Pink Moon." Moon. Okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> and you know, record store clerks are intimidating, and <laughs> and you know, for for people like me, the cool crowd was super intimidating. But something like a movie soundtrack can be like, "Okay, this is this is a." a an accessible mixtape for me to yes to, to dip my toe into some different things absolutely i mean the batman forever soundtrack which i'm sure a ton of people bought for kiss from a rose sure. uh you know that had nick cave and it had the flaming lips and it had method man and it had uh I think it had, it might have had like massive attack in there and PJ, God, that PJ Harvey cut that's in there. You know, I, I, I had that album and that was the first time I'd ever heard PJ Harvey and that freaked me out. I, that was, it was one of the most raw things I'd ever heard. And I'm sitting here going, what is this? <laughs> um, you know, like, yeah, you're exactly right. Or like, um, a soundtrack that, that I listened to a lot that I, unfortunately, I think I lost my, I lost the disc and the case keeps popping up and I'm like, dang it. I wish I had this disc, the office space soundtrack, which is all like, it's all like the hardest core hip hop. It's all yeah, like ghetto boys and ice cube. And I think there might've been like a Mac 10 track in there. Um, like just stuff that you're seeing they're going for a fairly light comedy, but for something that was relatively light, that was the most hardcore thing ever. Like hearing, uh, you know, hearing those ghetto boys cuts, which um, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed at how much I remember uh, some of those verses. Um, I, th I think a lot of people, you know, my my age at least, really related to Michael Bolton in that movie. They, they would just <laughs> blast this stuff, but make sure their window. The one who sucks. Oh God! I remember uh, my brother and I would roll up to um, the Sonic in Choctaw <laughs> with <laughs> "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta" playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like just stuff like that, like 
actually, but that's that's one that I kind of miss about um, that, that I, you know, that I miss about that point in time is is you know certain certain albums that you could put on that just had that instant that instant kind of almost laugh factor to them. I mean, not saying that you should laugh at the Ghetto Boys. They're good. I like the, I like Scarface a lot. Um, but, uh, but there's this element of, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this on and it's just so much, you know, I think another album that kind of hit me like that was uh, Andrew WK's first album, I Get Wet. You know, I put that on and the first time I listened to it straight through, I bought it at the uh, the Best Buy over by Crossroads. And um, that was a good 20 or 30 minute drive from my house. And my brother and I in the car with, uh, I'm trying to think if I had a CD player in the dash or if we were listening to it over, over a tape adapter. Mm-hmm. But, but cranking that album up, we laughed our heads off the whole time because it was just this rush of, Oh my God, can he add any more to this? Could this be any more bonkers? And is that the record where he talks about partying or am I thinking of something else? It's time to party, party hard, party till you puke. Um, There's a song called fun night, which I I would assume partying is implied in that title. Um, Like, I'll tell you what, though, uh, that last, have you heard his most recent album? No. Okay, another link I need to send you. It's incredible because it's more Andrew WK, major key party rock, but interspersed in there are these like motivational speeches because he does like motivational speaking and it's the most uplifting thing you could ever hope to hear like he's talking he's being very sincere about like about overcoming adversity and about um about like trying to keep your head straight and everything and you're just sitting here going okay this is the guy who made a record called party till you puke and he's talking to me sincerely about about having hope for the future and it's great it's fantastic next question live music yes no or not anymore yes but i have to really want to go it has to be something i really need um i you know it's it's more of a it's more of a a challenge to get out now than it was fifteen years ago. Sure. Um, you know, I've got I've got a, a an eleven year old, and so it's not just the cost of tickets. It's do I have childcare arranged? It's you know, is it a weekend or is it a work night? And so, if it's something that I just really need, then yes. But otherwise, I kind of sit there and go, well, you know, if, if it's something like there are certain bands I'll go see no matter what, you know, you, you bring, you bring, you know, I mentioned the whole study, you bring them through and yeah, any, any time, absolutely. But 
other bands that I, I do love. I mean, I've passed up on Wilco the last couple of times they've come through. Have you listened to Bo Jennings stuff? Have you listened to uh, that last record he did? Um, There's a song called Back in Town that when you listen to it, it is very much like the best song about being a dad approaching middle age who has to get a sitter to go see a band. Like that's there's uh, like the only and the only knock against the song is that he wrote it back when Durant was still playing for the Thunder and there's a line about uh, game on in the bar and uh, everyone's praying to this kid named Kevin and you know that's that that stings a little bit these days but the rest of the song holds up mm. and yeah there's uh, he he invented the he invented a, an imaginary band called the Empty Bottles and there's a the, there's a coda at the end where you know, the line is the empty bottles are playing tonight. I think I'm going to get a sitter (laughs) and that's it exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'll turn 40 next month and, you know, I'm not going to say that my rock and roll days are completely done, but you know, they're different now. Um, You know, I'm at the point where I don't mind going to a seated show. The, la- the last show I went to before uh, the COVID, uh, the COVID outbreak, um, my wife and I went and saw Howard Jones and it was a seated show and it was great. He had the bassist from Kaja Gugu playing with him. So they did too shy in the middle of the set. It was great. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about today's song. What Randy Newman song did you bring to the show today? I picked Marie from Good Old Boys. Marie from Good Old Boys. Now, for, for our listeners who are not familiar with Randy's catalog, um, be careful just grabbing Good Old Boys and play <laughs> because the, the first track is, uh, is a track that is banned from this podcast. We have a strict no rednecks rule on the it, it is a disturbing song and not one that you want to play in mixed company. But Marie is, is a, a song I love. I, I love to, to, to listen to it. I've, I've also got the sheet music and I've been, been messing around with it. It's, it's a fun one to play and, and to sing. Um, how would you summarize Marie to someone who, who hasn't heard it before? Marie is the most gorgeous drunk dial ever. <laughs> Drunk dial was the word that came up to me too. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, one of the things, and when, when you, when you invited me on the show, one of the things that I think I mentioned was that I, I had trouble picking because with Randy, there's, he does this amazing, he has this amazing trick where he can either be the absolute most sincere beautiful sentimental songwriter you can imagine or he can be the most vicious brutal just lacerating songwriter ever and good old boys it's almost like he does both in equal measure yeah and with a song like marie or guilty um which is on the same record the like he turns the knife on himself and it's 
you know, you've got that the just beautiful, lush production, uh, just these, these, these beautiful strings. You know, one of, one of the things that especially I think his first few albums are blessed with is that there's a timeless quality to them. They don't sound like the year they were recorded. Um, good old boys. Is that 74? Does that sound right? But it's early seventies and it doesn't, it, it doesn't sound 74. Okay. Even, you know, I'm trying to think, was there even a single that was released from that album? Um, but it it doesn't it doesn't sound like anything from that era. It sounds timeless, and yeah, yeah. and I, you know part of that is when you look at when you look at Randy Newman's backstory and you find out, oh, hey, his uncle wrote the twentieth century box fanfare. You know, he's so he's so steeped in this older form of composition and songwriting. Um. You know, I don't think he even breaks from that until you get to like little criminals. But yeah, so like with Marie, it's you've got this album where he's he's wrestling with these issues of his regional identity. You know, um, it's it's you know he's from he's from Louisiana, right? Back and forth between L.A. and and New Orleans. So he's wrestling with his his southern identity he's wrestling with the politics of of the region when when he digs into um you know kingfish so like there's not a song in this cycle where he's taking the easy way and with marie he's he's calling this woman who He's he's opening his like he's just bearing his his heart in the most messy, embarrassing way, and there's the line I'm drunk now, baby. Like he he admits it's it's a drunk dial. It's it's mm-hmm. it's him at the end of the night, and you know I don't know that this is like in my mind when I hear this song, he's calling the one that got away. That's how I how I've always heard it, and um, I seem to remember um, I seem to remember an interview where where he says that it is a husband and wife that he's okay. crawling into bed at three in the morning after a night on the town. Okay, and that and that that fits perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's but it God, it's so it's so earnest and so hard on the sleeve and for for a guy who can be so cynical and so brutal at times to do this song that i mean my goodness you go back to we we mentioned sail away a minute ago you go back to sail away and you listen to like political science or god's song and those are pitch black yeah you know or um i very nearly picked a song off trouble in paradise and that's a really brutal record. And so it fascinates me that, you know, he has this, this other muscle to flex. And I don't know if somebody is coming to Randy Newman from his soundtrack work or from his 
from his Pixar songs. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and we're pro Pixar on this show. Yeah, I, I no, I I love his Pixar songs. I think they're wonderful. Um, when she loved me from Toy Story Two oh, yeah. is so good, so good. If you're coming from that corner of the Randy Newman songbook, you know Marie is an accessible song. You know, if you're coming from the more brutal stuff, if you're, you know, if your first exposure to Randy Newman is I Love L.A. or Short People, and you hear Marie. You know, you're not going to throw it out for being too sentimental because you pick up on very quickly. Oh, but he's holding up these these very raw flaws of his own. So it it's this great, great, great accomplishment that I don't know of many other artists that pull that off. Um, and it comes in the middle of this album that, um, you know, the only other album that I that I compared to good old boys when it comes to wrestling with wrestling with identity with regional identity in an honest way that doesn't feel like a put on i don't know maybe maybe like southern rock opera or the or the dirty south by drive by truckers yeah uh car wheels on a gravel road uh lucinda williams oh yeah yeah um you know, those, those are records that I think belong, like those are all of a piece. Um, and I think, you know, whether you're talking about Lucinda or you're talking about Patterson Hood or Jason Isbell or Mike Cooley, um, you know, I feel like those, those writers do owe a little debt to, to Randy Newman. One thing that, that, that has always struck me about Marie is the 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 singer knows he's not good at relationships yeah he adores marie but he's not a very good listener he's not there for her when she needs him but he knows that and and he's he's not saying it in some self-deprecating way um or fishing for compliments from Marie. He knows that, 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 yeah. he, that he doesn't measure up to her. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a, he's not looking for sympathy. He's not looking for it. it it's, he's not, I don't feel like he's even looking for like absolution or anything. It just feels like he's, trying his best to be honest in as in as best a way he can you know the fact that it's honesty that comes you know steeped in god knows how much jim beam Mm -hmm. you know but but it's still him trying to be honest and you know that's it's the sound of somebody trying to wrap their mouth around some, some really tough words and those strings. Oh, those strings. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. All right. Well, Michael, here comes the dangerous part of the show. (laughs) Let's go. Carol Merrill is 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 bringing out 
our giant wheel. This wheel has a randomized list of Randy Newman songs. Maybe you've heard it before, maybe not. But we'll give a listen and talk one over cold. Are you ready to spin the wheel? Let's spin the wheel, baby. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Do, 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 do. Can you give me some, some wheel sound effects? <laughs> and the wheel has landed on Lonely at the Top. Ooh! Going back to, we're, we're going back to, uh, to, to sail away. Yes. And, uh, you know, a, 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 listeners, we do, don't have the rights to any of these, but <laughs> have the links uh, in, in, in our Twitter feed. So everyone take a break. And if, if you're not familiar, take a quick listen to Lonely at the Top. Countdown races sing this song. Do da, do da. And we're back, 65 degrees in downtown Los Angeles, <laughs> as Andy Kindler says. <clears throat> All right, so what do you think of Lonely at the Top? This is, uh, yeah, this is, this is from that kind of, there's, I, I think there's kind of this, this first hot streak that he has early in his career. I don't, I don't think there's a bad Newman album per se. I, Lonely at the Top is, is in that sweet spot, you know, when you've got like, what, 12 songs and Sail Away and Good Old Boys and this is this is that this is that brutal Randy. This is this is him just kind of a, he's almost kind of wallowing. Like he's he, he, he's wallowing and he, he's also there's a contempt for his audience. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I went ahead and pulled the lyrics up so I could make sure I'm citing them right, uh, correctly. Yeah, listen, all you fools out there, go on and love me. I don't care. I've heard the rumor that he wrote this for Sinatra. I've heard that too. Actually, I think he confirmed that. Um, he uh, he did an interview with Jesse Thorne on Bullseye, uh, I think last year or the year before. Ooh, I'll have to check that out. It's good. It's good. And Jesse loves Randy Newman. He like You can tell there's a genuine enthusiasm in that interview. Um, and yeah, at least he talks about taking a meeting with Sinatra. And I think that he mentions this one mm. and I mean, I can hear Sinatra singing it. I, I could hear him singing it, but oh man, I mean, this is like, this is, this is, <laughs> you know, of course Sinatra, you know, was, Sinatra's one that he could sing, he could sing dang near anything, and you know it'd still sound great because it's Sinatra. But um, yeah, this is this is dark territory there. Randy put out a, a live album, and even before twelve songs, it was literally his second album was Randy Newman live. Yes, and it's just him at the bitter end, and he closes with this song. Uh, and gets a big laugh uh, with that line, all the money I have made. 
Because at this point, you know, he's yeah, he comes from money, but come on, uh, yeah, his first plan, album he, didn't go anywhere. He's, yeah, I mean, I think what because uh, uh, his first album, what he uh, was, he was probably at that point his biggest success had been maybe had Three Dog Night released their cover of uh, Mama Told Me Not to Come at that point. I don't think they had at that point. God, so, you know, he, at so this point he was writing, you know. You know, he's writing for Dusty Springfield. He's just, you know, just... This would have been around the time that uh, Nelson covered him, right? Right about that same time, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, Nelson sings him. And, yeah, yeah. God, Harry Nelson, another another artist that you could spend forever doing deep dives on. Um, just... Yeah, Lonely at the Top is one that I could see it getting a laugh then. I could see it getting a laugh now, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, I know it, it, it's a popular cover, and I know that uh, whenever Megan Mullally does a concert, she does this one. Oh, I bet that's great. Because it, 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 I think it's a song that appeals to, you know, B-listers. Someone yeah. Yeah, <laughs> made it, but they haven't got it made. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that I think Newman album cuts in general are a good cover choice if if you're somebody who wants to show that you have a you have a a, a depth of uh, you know you have a, you have a a deep bench to draw from when you're going for stuff like that. It's kind of like uh, many, many years ago um, um, when Ben Folds was touring uh, the, the rock in the suburbs album. Um, the only tour I've ever seen him on that had guitarists. Um, he played a show in, in Dallas and some friends of mine and I uh, trucked down there doing something that I never could do today, which is uh it was like a Tuesday night, I think. And we were just like, screw it. We're going to Dallas to see Ben Folds. And we drove back that night after the show. And uh, Citizen Cope opened. And, um, and he, covered, uh, he covered Naked Man. You know, you look around that room, and it was, it was mostly, mostly like, you know, college kids there and stuff. And... But yeah, he starts doing that. The, you know, he starts doing a Newman cover. Starts doing Naked Man. I think there were like five of us in the room that were like, "Yeah!" <laughs> and yeah, I mean, if if you've got someone who pulls out "Lonely at the Top" or or anything like that, you know, I think that you're going to have a certain percentage of the audience that isn't just laughing because of the lines, but also is kind of like. Yeah, we're in on the joke here. We know we know who you're who you're playing here. It's kind of like uh, you know when when uh, on Bullwinkle when they they'd sneak a reference in that was obviously for the parents. Oh yeah. Okay, the next part of our show is is a a, a little thing that we call this week's cover. This week's cover. And this week's cover is when I pick a, a Randy song that is sung by someone else. And today I'm spotlighting, we touched on this briefly, Guilty as covered by Bonnie Raitt. 
Uh, yes. I know that you're a big Bonnie fan and, and Guilty and Marie go, go hand in hand. Uh, I just encourage, encourage our listeners to, to, to do that because she just sings the hell out of Guilty. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. That's, that's a great choice. And um, <laughs> I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like the dice were loaded here. I feel like you, uh, you picked the Bonnie Wright cover specifically, uh, specifically for me. Um, well, it, it's kind of cruel you know, for me to bring up Bonnie Wright and say, well, that's all the time we have because I know that you could go on. <laughs> uh, I would just like to point out that I am presently still the uh, the number one Bonnie Raitt genius on Genius.com. <laughs> We're all about depth here. <laughs> Let me tell you, uh, I learned so much about. And the thing is, like. <laughs> We could go on about Bonnie Raitt. That'll, that'll be my next podcast. Okay. <laughs> well, Michael, we're, we're wrapping it up here. Thank you so much for, for, for coming out. How can people reach out to you? How can people get hold of you? Dan, thanks so much for having me, bud. Um, the, the, the easiest way to find me, um, I, I live on Twitter. Um, my, my handle is at Camp Firewood. That is a wet, hot American summer joke that nobody seems to notice. Um, but yeah, at Camp Firewood is my my handle on Twitter and uh, and, and guys, stuck. If you type that in and you're not sure you've got the right person, the 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 avatar is Cyclops eating a hoagie. That's a cheesesteak, man. Cheese yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my present icon is Cyclops from the X Men eating a cheesesteak. Um, so yeah, that's me. And, uh, and you can read all of my Bonnie Raitt annotations over at genius.com slash campfirewood. Um, so yeah, that's probably the, the easiest way to find me. Well, thank you so much for coming. Be best of luck in the upcoming campaign and, and in the upcoming school year as we try to, to figure all that out. Um, it's always great talking to you, Michael. Thank you for coming. Yeah, and it's on. my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Wheel of Randy for links to today's songs. Thanks to Good Trash Media for distributing this show. Thanks to Brian Mays for our artwork. Check him out on Facebook at Brian Mays Art. Thanks to Matt Farley for our original music. Check out his many, many compositions at moternmedia.com. That's M-O-T-E-R-N. Our background music is Rock and Gravel by Sid Valentine's Patent Leather Kids. You can find that wherever you get your public domain ragtime. Wheel of Randy is brought to you by Wade Engineering. We are a water and sewer engineering firm registered in Oklahoma and Texas. And if you ask nicely, we'll register in your state too. Wade specializes in hydraulic modeling. If you're a city or a rural water district or a fire department, you've got to get a hydraulic model. First thing, before you spend one more dollar on construction, get a model. If you're an engineering firm, 
Don't do hydraulic modeling yourself. This isn't something you can learn on the job. It's very easy for a hydraulic model to give you the wrong answer if you're not careful. Play it safe and bring in an expert. Wade Engineering can be reached at 405-426-7634. See you next time, everybody. Bye. It's Wheel of Randy.